Hi everyone, and welcome to the 90th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys! How's it going? Good, good. I just, uh, got off work. <laughs> oh boy. And I, I heard you, uh, heard you got your, uh, Comic-Con? Comic-Con tickets? Yeah, earlier today, I just got Sweet. my Comic-Con. It's actually, uh, four days and preview night, so I'm going the distance again. Yeah, that's awesome. So, you're gonna be able to cover all that good stuff here's hoping there's kingdom hearts stuff there well, they, they always like debut new uh playhouse curve figures every year so i'm curious yeah, to see what that. they're gonna introduce last year they introduced uh kingdom hearts 2 riku and kingdom hearts 2 cool. halloween town sora which i actually bought already it's always it's always kind of interesting how how like it takes so long for those uh for those players to come out because like kingdom hearts 2 riku shouldn't have that shouldn't that have come out earlier yeah like you I, think. It's, it's weird because like they always you know like because what they did was like they first they released uh the tron like the uh tron legacy the great yeah. sora and riku then they went to normal kingdom Hearts 3d riku and sora mm. and then they released kingdom Hearts 2 sora and roxas and now it's uh you know halloween town sora and now it's kingdom Hearts yeah. 2 riku makes you kind of wonder like how like sora doesn't have any more really more forms to be released and it's like hopefully yeah. they're gonna go with like you know terra aqua ventus or yeah axel Shion they've and... never they've never done any birth by sleep main characters no they, they haven't wow. done any like figures like i mean they have other figures of, like kingdom Hearts 2 and other disney characters for the formation arts but the okay. play arts uh, i mean and and the normal play arts not the play arts kai's for the normal yeah. play arts, they had they've had like Axel and you know and all the dry forms of Sora. So yeah. I mean they've never really done you know uh, Terra Aqua Ventus you know or Shion. So yeah, and hopefully with the with the Kai figure lineup, they'll you know introduce them at Comic Con. Yeah, this something year. else that's kind of interesting that I noticed was that uh, Fran from uh, FF12 is also just getting a play art. She has she had one before? Do, do you know? Uh, is this her first one for uh, an actual kai figure i'm guessing yeah so. for an actual kai figure yeah it's because it, it seems that way which is kind of funny because just like riku he's also fran is also a character from square enix that came out in 2006 10 and years it, ago so maybe that's just the turnaround time and it's weird because they're they're developing a lightning that's like just the torso up and like a pose yeah and then they're also making barrett and cloud from final fantasy 7 remake already yeah weird yeah and it's... Uh, yeah it's 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 so weird the way they you know they choose which one goes next and it's like i mean when, maybe you know I mean, can, you never can... know maybe they might go kingdom hearts 3 sora next you know yeah maybe i guess i guess right now they're probably just like upping the the amount they produce those figures and now that they're upping the amount that they produce they're trying to handle current projects first before going back and handling older projects yeah because so usually, usually these the figures um they use they usually get announced at comic-con and then they're usually yeah. out within the next year um so that's the link it's about seven or eight month span before they're released after they're announced they're revealed yeah interesting so it's it's all it depends like for we used to get like at least a you know, couple surprise. You know, so you know, couple reveals in the same year, but now it's only down to like the same, like you know, only two, and then we just have to wait the next year. And it's you know, like Square Enix needs to really pick up this Play Arts Kai game. 
a little bit yeah. faster. But yeah, I mean, it's it, the fact that they're, you know, going back and making, uh, you know, Riku from Kingdom Hearts 2 specifically, and the fact that they now have time to, you know, make characters like Fran from FF12, the fact that they can go back and, you know, create figures for characters that aren't necessarily in games that are too current, the fact that they do that clearly shows that these are doing well enough that they can afford to go back. So the, that's, yeah, that's, that's the good and news. And not only that, it's like they, for Final Fantasy side, they have a ton of characters they can use. Oh yeah, oh and yeah, then, definitely. Know, same, I mean, technically same thing with Kingdom Hearts, but yet... You know, it's just harder because you have to work with Disney. And, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, oh well. So anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com, slash KHUnionVids, and Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. Alrighty, so we have a two-segment show today. Very interesting uh, first segment is our feature discussion, which this episode will be talking about uh, how Final Fantasy is handled in Kingdom Hearts and if we think it's handled well or not. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, unfortunately, there's no news still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it probably, unfortunately, there probably won't be any news until at least E3. Yeah, probably at least until months. E3. I'm just hoping that at E3 they don't pull a uh, they don't pull an E3 2014 and be like, uh, here's a here's a concept art trailer. Bye. I hope they don't. I hope they don't pull one of those. And they're like, I don't think they will because by that point you gotta assume that you know 2.8 is getting much farther along. So and then and then we'll finally hear they, more they, about Unchained Key over here. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Like I would say personally, I don't expect too much from kingdom hearts 3 but i do expect a lot from 2.8 i think that's, i think i think on the kingdom hearts that's 3 my side opinion. of things it'll probably be another probably another uh gameplay trailer but this time in a different world a new world yeah 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 that would be a good time to announce a new disney world uh and i mean <laughs> if we go back to that one rumor uh episode that we did way back in like uh september where when that guy uh, leaked all that stuff that he was working on Kingdom Hearts 2.9 and all the stuff he was working on for Kingdom Hearts 3 I mean they're clearly working on everything right now it's not like they're struggling they're working on worlds like he said he was working on boss fight stuff for uh for 2.8 so that means I mean that at least seems that 2.8 is actually quite far along and he, uh he said like he was working on like two to three worlds in Kingdom Hearts 3 Wow. Where he was writing the scenario for them, so like, like don't take the silence as them not working. Take the silence as this is just the way Nomura handles his news. Uh, they're constantly working on everything, you know. Well, but I think not it's only funny. that, like everybody should understand that Nomura himself, you know, can't just keep putting out news for Kingdom Hearts exactly. because of Disney. Exactly. It's the same, you know, like you were there, Brandon. We asked him that question in E3 last year, and exactly, Morris responded yeah. that it was just due consideration for Disney. It's not yes. that he doesn't want to, to the reveal point the information; that they, he just can't reveal. To the point that they ca- they can't even do live streams. Yeah, like it, they they can't do live streams without like having to approve it with Disney. So there is like he literally cannot do 
like the active time reports like Tabata does for 15. Like he literally cannot because they, they have to coordinate everything with Disney and uh, they have to like get everything pre-approved that they talk about with Disney in advance because, and, and they don't want to like risk having a live stream format and then someone says something they're not supposed to. Yeah. Cause so. it happens a lot, you know, in mm-hmm. these type of situations and you know, they don't want exactly. to. I mean, even, even with final fantasy 15 where, you know, they're in full control, even then Tabata sometimes says certain things he's not really supposed to say. Like I remember in, uh, in like 2014, he, he mentioned, Oh, and if you keep walking over there, you'll see a magic tech armor. And we only just saw a trailer that actually showed off magic tech armor for real last month. So <laughs> back in 2014, he sort of accidentally spilled the, spilled the beans a little bit on magic tech armor that, you know, that it made it into final fantasy 15 from versus 13. He kind of spilled the beans early. That's fine for 15. It's their game entirely. They can say anything they want. It's just that, you know, the worst thing that will happen is the marketing team will be like, oh, Tabata, oh, you, you know, like when Tabata was like, oh, uh, at Gamescom, well, it's definitely, it won't release this year, but it definitely won't release in 2017. Tabata got in big trouble for that because he, he wasn't supposed to announce the release year and he was a, he was in a roundabout way announcing that it was coming out in 2016 and everybody took it that way and that ended up being the truth but he wasn't supposed to say it then so you know imagine you know Tabata in that situation in a game that they're in full control of him getting in trouble of for just that you know it's even worse for Nomura and for the Kingdom Hearts team so that's sort yeah. of the reason why it's, and I think, it's working on eggshells with them Exactly. I think Final Fantasy XV sometimes gives an incorrect perception about how the way games are developed because to a lot of people, they look at 2015 and the way Final Fantasy XV was marketed and it seemed like Final Fantasy XV wasn't making any progress at all because, you know, every time they show it, they show this like really meaningless part of the game. The reality is it's not that that's all that was done because a lot of people for whatever reason they thought oh the only reason they're only showing dust guy is because that's all they have that is absolutely not the case they were working on all of the regions all at once they just didn't want to show it you know because you know for reasons of spoilers so instead of being like Nomura, where you know he's he goes quiet completely uh he you know tabata was showing at least something and this is tabata's version of being quiet is he shows uh unimportant things that you know you could take it or leave it but yeah anyway so (laughs) getting back on topic first segment feature discussion uh is final fantasy handled well in the kingdom Hearts series and second segment we have our question segment in the way of announcements as always you guys can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash ffkh union just pledge a dollar and get access to a special podcast known as please be excited uh so and also uh, our Patreon executive producers for this episode are first Christian Burge, and then we have William Trengrove, which is at Varnish the Azure. Then we have Tiger Crane, which is at Paupu Milkshake. We have Erin Erwin Velez, uh, Barry Norton, which is at Nortron Zero. We have Michael Graham, uh, Zach Duranto, who is at Z Duranto fifty eight. We have Chris Volant, who is at Moosehead Studio, uh, Harley Crawley, who is at Darkst Okami, and Churro, if you could take these last few. We have Peter Lamb, Doran Bolin, 
Alex Troutman at Akira Namjin, Menning Franks at like underscore Peyton, Keith Field at the Mighty Keith, Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson, Mike Shirley Donnelly, which is at Curious Quail, and Joni Oja. I'm sh- hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, and that's at Diecore for Life. Alrighty. So, uh, just thank you guys Pulse. for your support. Yes, definitely, definitely. Thank you guys for your support. Uh, if you guys want to be on the Patreon executive producer list, just pledge uh, two dollars and fifty cents, super cheap, and you can get your name and Twitter handle read out on the podcast. Woo-hoo. Yay! Alrighty. So, uh, and uh, as a reminder, be a part of the show. Send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail dot com. If you guys want us to talk about you know, what you guys want us to talk about. If you got a crazy idea, a crazy theory that you guys want us to talk about, you know, get our opinions on it. You know, if there's something that just really grinds your gears about the Kingdom Hearts series, maybe you're like, oh man, why isn't there a multiplayer? Why doesn't, why doesn't Kyrie have more of a prominent role in the series? Why can't we have romance? If you have questions like that and you want us to talk about it on the show, send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com so we can talk about it on the show. And uh, also, uh, please join us for our Kingdom Hearts Union deep dive stream, which, which comes, uh, which we go live every other Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern, which is the same week the podcast releases. By the way, we have our next uh, Kingdom Hearts Union deep dive stream this Saturday and on the 27th of February. And we are uh, on Twitch TV. <laughs> it's twitch.tv slash khunion. So if you want to go there, go to twitch.tv slash khunion. Please follow us there so you can keep notified of when we go live. Uh, you never know. Sometimes we go on live secretly, or sometimes we go live on accident. And testing like, things. <laughs> testing things. Last week, I actually went online on accident, if if any of you guys noticed that. I went online on accident because I was testing some new video settings. Speaking of which, I got this new cool uh, <laughs> HD co- copy protection stripper that allows me to use HDMI uh, direct feed from my PlayStation 3 because you can't normally do that. So the video quality is a lot better now. So definitely check that out. Um, and, uh, you know, as, as, you know, we've been playing, so, so far we've been playing, uh, Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, and, uh, we just wrapped up Deep Jungle and the second visit of Traverse Town. So, hopefully, uh, next episode we'll be able to do two worlds again, and those would be Monstro and Acrobat. So, if you really like those parts of the game, uh, like I do, definitely come along. Uh, Monstro in particular has a lot to do with the main plot of the storyline, especially with stuff with Riku. And then, of course, Agrabah's got a lot of cool stuff, cool boss fights and all that. So definitely, please join us there. And if you ever miss any of the uh, Kingdom Hearts Union deep dive streams and you want to get caught up, go to youtube.com slash vids, and we have the archive up there, and we actually have it in a higher quality than we stream at. I, I record it in really, really high quality, uh, it's in 1080p. We normally stream at 720p as, you know, I think at like one megabyte per second bit rate, something like that. Um, but on the, on the YouTube page, the recording that I upload there, uh, the source file is like 25 megabytes per second. So <laughs> it's really high quality. Uh, if, if anyone wants to do, you know, if anyone does live streaming and wants a cool tip, uh, NVIDIA cards, 
uh, NVIDIA GPUs, they actually have a built-in uh, hardware encoder. So I actually use that, and that allows me to encode the video and upload and stream and all that stuff without impacting my performance like at all. So that's that's a hot tip. Hot tip for all you live streamers out there. Uh, use your graphics cards encoder if you can, and my NVIDIA card does that. So I, I don't know how many video NVIDIA cards do that. I have a GTX Titan, which is the original Titan, not the Titan X. I'm assuming the new cards do it too. But anyway, move along to our featured discussion. Alrighty, so this feature discussion is uh, brought to us by Tiger Crane, which is one of our executive producers. And uh, Tiger Crane asks, is Final Fantasy handled well in Kingdom Hearts? So it's a very interesting and potentially controversial question because Final Fantasy characters definitely uh, started out very prominent in the Kingdom Hearts series, but might not be so prominent now. So first part of the question, do you feel that Final Fantasy characters are well integrated into the series or do they stick out like a sore thumb? I think for the first Kingdom Hearts game, they were well integrated because they made them a part of the story rather than just mm-hmm. being characters that show up out of nowhere and be like, oh, hey, my name's exactly. Leon. It's like, no, they were there to, you know, you know, when you're in First Destiny Islands, you know, they're there as Sora's, you know, friends, you know, then, you know, um, Selfie is the one that introduced Sora to the pow- legendary of the Power Fruit, you know, then everybody else was just battle fodder. And then when, yeah, once you get much. to Traverse Town the first time, you know, Leon introduces you, you know, like, tells you why the Heartless are coming after you directly because of the Keyblade. Mm-hmm. And then you have the cutscene with, you know, Aerith and Yuffie and Leon talking to both, you know, Donald and Goofy and Sora as well about the Keyblades. Yeah, and Ansem and, like, they're the ones that reveal all the plot about, you know, Ansem and all that. Uh, Leon is the one who guides Sora along his way. Like, mm-hmm. like Leon is the one who tells Sora to go to the worlds and lock the doors. Like in in Kingdom Hearts two, you have Yen Sid who does that. But you know, as far as like like most of the guiding, it actually comes from the villain side of things, and it's you know original characters. You know, it's Organization thirteen. You know, it's Zemnas, it's Zigbar, it's all those guys that are really pushing Sora along. Whereas the Final Fantasy characters this time around, I mean, they're kind of still there. They help out with the whole space paranoids part of the game, but like, I think I think, in, I think King, in, in Kingdom Hearts one, Kingdom Hearts in Kingdom Hearts one, they're just, way more integrated. Yeah, because Kingdom Hearts two is more like, oh hey, don't forget about us. Yeah, don't forget about yeah, us. Yeah, they're like kind of like forcing us. You know, they're, they're I mean, they were handled so well in Kingdom Hearts one, but now Kingdom Hearts two, it's like they're just kind of like forcibly tell us that they're there still. You know, yeah. and that they're just there to defend their home. You know, like that's one of the main things about they were there for but like when you go back exactly. to the first kingdom hearts you know you like even sid you know helps sora and donald Nogivi with their ship you know yeah yeah it's like he and has you, that you'd think role. sid would continue you, you think sid would continue to be in that role i mean i i could sort of understand if like for example uh leon and Aerith and and maybe maybe even cloud to some extent and Yuffie, I could understand if they don't really care about the the future of all the worlds and the darkness and stuff, stuff like that, because they were mostly concerned with getting their world back. 
uh, maybe a little bit less so Aerith, because Aerith specifically tells Sora, uh, we actually saw this on our last live stream, our last deep dive stream, Aerith specifically is the one that told him, please go to the worlds and lock the doors. So at least Aerith, to some extent, does care about the worlds beyond hers. But you could sort of argue, maybe, maybe once they got their world back, once they got Radiant Garden back, that after that, they didn't really care about the worlds outside of them. But of all those characters, Sid, for sure should care because he's the rocket guy he's the gummy ship guy he was the guy that you know worked on the gummy ships he installed the navigation gummy you know he's the gummy ship expert that was supposedly his main job so it's now like, he's like the defense guy of radiant garden yeah he just handles the defense of radiant garden like he should be the like if anyone he should care about interstellar travel because that actually fits in with his final fantasy 7 character because he was the guy who designed the rocket in rocket town like that was his that was his role in final fantasy 7 so like in kingdom hearts 2 he's just you know the Larry the Cable Guy, basically. (laughs) (laughs) You know, he's fixing the defense system, and he sounds like Larry the Cable Guy a little bit. (laughs) I remember a lot of people were speculating that Larry the Cable Guy was the actual voice of Sid. He's not the voice of Sid. Sorry, guys. He's far from it. It is not Larry the Cable Guy. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree. I wouldn't say they stick out as a sore thumb, so, yeah, the question said, you know, do you think they are well integrated or do you think they stick out as a sore thumb? I would say it's neither. They don't stick out at all. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Yeah. They, I, I think they're not really as well integrated anymore and they don't stick out enough. I mean, even I think like, that's the main issue. I mean, like Zach was only brought in because it takes place in the past, you know, so they exactly. need a character that dealt with, you know, a prequel storyline and he felt, you and, know, he fit in right at right. Yeah, at he definitely fits. But, but like, he doesn't really he doesn't really have much to do with the main plot. He mostly has to do with the main plot of uh of the Olympus Coliseum world, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. And he's just there for comic relief too. Yeah. So, you know, similar story with Oren in uh in Kingdom Hearts two. That's basically his role. He was you know, he played a major role in the main plot of uh Olympus Coliseum, but he didn't yeah. really have a major role in the plot of the game. Like like his like entire backstory, you know, of his of Orin the character from Final Fantasy X, it fits in with the whole underworld, you know, in Kingdom Hearts yeah. Two. It he his own backstory fit in with that, but that's all it is, you know. It's like you know, and he took several quotes from he what he said in Final Fantasy X and Kingdom Hearts Two, which you know yep. played on well. You know, I think that was more just. You know, here's a character that could fit in this world. So let's get him. Let's give him some lines that he said in Final Fantasy X. Yeah, and there you go. Yeah, exactly. So I'm hoping that they'll, you know, in Kingdom Hearts three, they'll do something better, like you know, integrate him a little bit nicer. Uh, you know, but like if you look at the way these characters are being integrated. It's you know it seems like the Final Fantasy characters even more than the Disney characters are being relegated to more filler like stuff. Though I will say, in Kingdom Hearts Dream Drop Distance, I know they're not Final Fantasy characters, but the the world ends with you characters. They were actually extremely well integrated in oh, my yeah. opinion. They they actually had a lot to do. I mean, they again they were still only really important in the Traverse Town part, but. That's actually a really important section in Kingdom Hearts 3D. So it kind of kind of you know they, like they do the get away with it. Properties of like the Dream World and the Two Worlds, and exactly. Riku's story exactly. and Sora's story. They're they're the ones that kind of pointed out everything to you in the very beginning. And that to me, that like their role 
in the Traverse Town world felt a lot more like, uh, you know, what Leon, Yuffie, and Aerith were doing in Traverse Town in Kingdom Hearts 1. That That's what it felt like to me. So that to me is like a breath of fresh air. I would consider the World Ends With You characters on a very similar level uh, to what the Final Fantasy characters are supposed to be in Kingdom Hearts. So I think it's, you know, really interesting. Though uh, one interesting note, the World Ends With You characters, one thing that does make them very different from the Final Fantasy characters is that canonically speaking, the Final Fantasy characters that we see in Kingdom Hearts are technically original characters in Kingdom Hearts. When they, when uh, Leon and Aerith and Yuffie and Sid talk about how they lost their world to darkness, they are not talking about Gaia from Final Fantasy VII or whatever the world was called in Final Fantasy VIII. They're not talking about their original Final Fantasy worlds. They're talking about Hollow Bastion. So canonically speaking, those Final Fantasy characters are actually from Halloween Town, or from Hollow Bastion, rather. So which is different from the world ends with you characters. Cause from what it sounds like the world ends with you characters are the same. The world ends with you characters from the actual game. The world ends with you. So it's really, in, really weird the way the, the universes cross over in kingdom hearts. And yeah, there were, I, I mean, know. they, they still refer their own hometown as a, exactly you know, the, their own game. Whereas, you know, the final fantasy characters, you know, from Traverse they're town, from Hollow Bastion. they're from Hollow Bastion. Uh, yeah, either that or they're from Destiny Islands, like Tidus and Selfie, or they're from Twilight Town, like uh, Cypher and Raijin and Fujin and Vivi, so, and Tetsur. So, which is really interesting to note. Final Fantasy, Kingdom Hearts 2 actually had a lot of Final Fantasy characters in it. Yeah, now that I think about pretty much it. doubled down on it, because I think the, uh, re- the reaction to them in Kingdom Hearts 1 was so good. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I think that, uh, I think that pretty much wraps up that part of the question. And then the next part of the question, do you feel that the cloud slash Sephiroth slash Tifa storyline is a good side story or awkward and ridiculous? I think, I think it's good because it kind of like, it changes the perspective of things between, you know, like of Sora's adventures, you know, it goes to show that, you know, Cloud is really struggling with his darkness, which is Sephiroth, you know, it's basically, you know, what, when you first encounter Cloud in Kingdom March 1, you know, Cloud's the one that tells you after the whole uh, Olympus Coliseum fiasco is over, he tells Sora to, you know, never lose sight of your light. And then mm-hmm. here you have in Kingdom Hearts 2, Cloud trying to struggle with, you know, his darkness, you know, and then you got Tifa looking for Cloud. And it's kind of weird because, like, the only person that Tifa, you know, Tifa encounters is always Sora, Donald, and Goofy. Mm-hmm. You exactly. never see another Final Fantasy character interact with Tifa. So some think that she's only present in the mind of Sora because of how strong his light is. So, isn't that how, isn't that the same way that it works with, uh, with Sephiroth as well. I mean, other than, yeah. you know, he also sees Donald and Goofy. So basically these characters are like in, in Cloud's imagination or maybe they're his, uh, you know, his nobody or something. His, um, his, his good and bad conscience. His good and bad conscience. I mean, like, honestly, cause I, I like the way that it is because they're not like, you know, cause like you said, you don't like, you don't mention, you don't really hear about Sephiroth unless it coming from Cloud or Tifa. Like, nobody knows mm-hmm. who Sef- Sephiroth is. You know, in Kingdom Hearts 1, um, Sephiroth, you know, was only there as a surprise battle. Like, he wasn't there originally yeah, exactly. to 
for storyline. He wasn't even in, he wasn't even in the Japanese version of Kingdom yeah, Hearts. And, so. and, and when they did Final Mix, um, they introduced us. They call it was called the Showdown of Fate between yep. Cloud and Sephiroth, which you know they were talking about. You know the darkness. Yeah, which which finally added the storyline to the game. Yeah, and then they featured a fight before they clashed and you know disappeared. And this, what's the same thing happening in Kingdom Hearts two? And now you're now they're expanding on the um, storyline between the two. Into which, like I said before, Cloud is just struggling with his inner darkness, which is Sephiroth, exactly. while Tifa, the light, is searching for him. You know. Now, if you ask me, uh, you know, to just to address the the question, do you think it's a good story or awkward and ridiculous? I think not only is it a good story, I wish all the Final Fantasy characters had a similar storyline. Like, I want, I want, uh, I want Squall to have a storyline like that. Maybe you can have something with Renoa or Vivi, and like, I want all these characters to have storyline side stories like this like we were talking about i don't know if it was last show or the show before but we were talking about you know how it would be so cool if kingdom hearts had side quests like how cool would it be if all the final fantasy characters had their own storylines that had their own story side quest arcs and you know by doing it you get new battles new new secret bosses new stuff like that and then maybe you got a new weapon at the end or you get a new item that you need for ultima weapon or something like that like like it would be so cool to have like unique original content for these characters, especially there's so much room for it because like we said before, these characters are not the same final fantasy characters, canonically speaking as they were in their original game. So there's a lot of freedom, you know, yeah, you can create no more just created their own new backstory. Exactly. For you character. can create a brand new backstory. You can start from scratch and make something brand new. That's interesting for each one of these characters and make it something special for this game. I mean, obviously it's got to be based somewhat loosely on the original storyline of the games. So it fits with the character, but like the sky's the limit as far as how you actually execute that. So I think, like not only is it like a great story and a great addition, it's really nice that they had that. Like this is a great opportunity to add proper side quests to Kingdom Hearts and actually have really compelling story content that isn't like isn't really necessary, but I think it really does add a lot and add a lot of value to, you know, just the storyline of, of Kingdom Hearts in general and also just to, you know, just the overall feel of the game is that like it's not just this linear storyline that you have to go through there's a lot of this stuff on the side that you can also do so you can uh, you know it helps with world building it helps with everything so yeah i think both of them are awesome do you have anything else to add Churo? you know anything else you would like to see with the final fantasy characters do you think they're ridiculous no like you said they they help with the story at some points um, exactly you know it, like, like i said i know cloud is the most popular and and Sephiroth, popular Final Fantasy characters. I think that's why uh, Nomura gave them their own storyline within Kingdom Hearts. You know, it's just I don't know. Like, like like you said, you know, I would just want more involvement with them, other than just to progress the story. You know, just give them their own quests, give them their own problems that you have. As Sora, you know, wants to wants to help them with. You know. Yeah, and wouldn't it be cool if like you help them and then they help you in some way too? Like I don't know, maybe maybe if you help Cloud in in, in Kingdom Hearts three and and finish his storyline, Cloud will show up uh, at the final battle in the you know the Keyblade graveyard with you to fight Xehanort. Maybe he'll help, and maybe if you do the same thing with Squall, Squall will also show up, and you can basically 
basically it would be like the Kingdom Hearts 2 war thingy, but you have to like actually earn the Final Fantasy character's support because maybe they're off busy do you know, maybe they're so preoccupied by that thing that you need to help them with. Like for example, Cloud is so preoccupied with uh, fighting off Sephiroth and defeating Sephiroth that he would really like to help you and he would if he could, but he, he needs to f- defeat Sephiroth, so you need to help him. And by defeating Sephiroth, you know what, Sora? You've got my sword. When you go to fight Xehanort, you help me, I'll help you. You know, something like that. Like, that would be such a cool way to tie in those characters into the main plot in a way that doesn't impede the plot at all because he's just an extra fighter. You know, just someone to help you out. So, I don't know. Just some ideas. Please take them square. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Please well, ne- well, next time when we see Nomura, we'll ask him that. We'll, we'll let them know. And then tomorrow will be like, you know what? This game is already way too big. <laughs> it's already, it already looks like it's going to be over budget. Don't, don't make me do more work. Right. Like, all right. I'm sorry, Nomura. Maybe, maybe Kingdom Hearts 4, hopefully. Uh, a- anything can happen. Yeah. So that pretty much wraps up our feature discussion. Moving on to our question segment. And as always, if you guys want your questions featured on the question segment, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. So if you, if you had any like thoughts that, that sprung up from, you know, that discussion that we just had, or if, if any cool thoughts spring up from the uh, questions we're about to answer now, you know, and, and you think, oh man, I, I want to ask this. Put, put that in an email and send it to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right. So our first question comes from Alex Troutman. And Alex asks, uh, is Dis- as Disney seems to now care quite a bit about Kingdom Hearts with Kingdom Hearts 3 coming, do you think they might uh, get some bigger names for voice acting? I believe it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they might as well. I mean, the first game was like, you know, a brand new thing happening. That's why they kind of you know, got all these big voice name, voice actors in it for the first time. But now here's, you know, the th- the third act, you know, the f- the finale of the Xehanort saga. You know, I think they would rather go all out with it. Kingdom Hearts 2 was just like that midpoint to where, like, it's just like, something people call sequelitis, you know, mm-hmm. where they're just, you know, don't they don't want to do too much, you know, and fear that, you know, it won't be as good as the first and... You know. And not only that, like when when they were proposing Kingdom Hearts to all these celebrities, Kingdom Hearts at the time was not planned to be a series. So it's like, hey, you know, this is just a one off thing. Can we get you for, you know, can we just get you in the recording booth for a day? Uh, yeah, sure. No problem. I'll be there. Uh, I'm Billy Zane. <laughs> and, and, and that's how they got Billy Zane. I, I, I'm, I'm. I'm just guessing. This is all speculation. None of this is confirmed. I'm just assuming that this this probably came up. The fact that it's, you know, and and that's the only thing I think is that, you know, the fact that this is now a series and before it wasn't a series. It wasn't planned to be because as far as Disney was concerned, this was just a one-off thing. And then they could take the intellectual property and try to spin it off into other projects as and when they feel like it into whatever they want. And they can spawn it off forever as, you know, into TV shows and comics and whatever, and they could do whatever they want. But now that it's a series, you know, there's so much baggage associated with it. What if it's a recurring character? Do you have to come back? And like, it's so much easier to just get an anime voice actor because they're yeah, always available. They're always and, available and they're not as expensive. Yeah, not as expensive. They're more familiar with the voice acting process. You don't have to coach them as much to do voice acting. 
you know, they know how to voice act. They, they're faster because they're always, you know, and on top of that, not only is it hard to do voice acting, but these actors are being told probably most of them for the first time to have to do dubbing because they are like we talked about, I think last episode, this is, they are not going to be the first people touching the, the, the work, you know, they're, they're going to have to dub over animation that was already animated to the lips of, you know, the Japanese voice actors. So, you know, it's, it's something that the anime voice actors are going to have no problem with because that's all they ever do. But right. these celebrity actors, which, you know, sometimes are better actors, sometimes aren't, uh, the celebrity actors, they're not so used to that sort of thing. So it's give and take. Uh, I would say Kingdom Hearts 3 is probably going to have better voice acting than we've had in the past 10 years, if only for the fact that it's the first console game that we've actually had in the last 10 years. So just by virtue of it being a console game, we're probably going to have a higher budget. Uh, so hopefully they can get bigger name actors. But I mean, there's still, there's still a lot of concern. Though, then uh, again, you can, you can, you can kind of say Birth by Sleep had that same thing too. Cause you, yeah, Birth by Sleep was a, Birth by Sleep's an exception. Because, yeah, because Nomura still counts that as Kingdom Hearts Zero. And so you still makes it yeah, seem exactly. like it's a console worthy title, even though it's on a handheld. True. But, you know, voice direction wise, uh, it's not, well, I mean, it's, it's not really, any better or worse than Kingdom Hearts 2. I'll just leave it at that voice direction wise. But something I did want to bring up regarding Birth by Sleep that is concerning, you know, we've, we've mentioned it before, but uh, we are down literally every big name villain actor that we've ever had. So Billy Zane has been gone since, since Kingdom Hearts 1. We never got him back. Uh, we lost, sadly... Uh, Christopher Lee and uh, Leonard Nimoy, which was uh, Diz, uh, Ansem the Wise, and uh, and uh, Master Xehanort, who is supposed to be the main villain of this game. So we lost Leonard Nimoy, we got, lost Christopher Lee. At least, uh, I mean, both with passed the... away. So it's like, what are we going to do in this game? Well, like, well didn't they replace uh, Christopher Lee with, with uh, Corey yes, Burton? They, yeah, so they... Yeah, so they replaced Christopher Lee with Corey Burton, so that's one thing, and that's good because uh, apparently Corey Burton was like an understudy of Christopher Lee, so he does a really good Christopher Lee, so that's covered. That's fine. Uh, I'm fine with him doing it. What I'm not so sure about is what are they going to do for Master Xehanort, and like, like it's it's not just a it's not just an America thing. Like Master Xehanort, the Japanese voice actor, I think it was Chikaotsuka. Yeah. Uh, he he also died. So like. On both both sides of the ocean, uh, we lost our master Xehanort voice, and they're going to need to learn, or they're, or they're going to need to discover how they can fix that. Now, something I I can think of, and this is like, <laughs> this is going to come off as really biased, but something I would think of, and I'm going to start from the Japanese pers- perspective first. What if they write it into the story that, uh. And some seeker of darkness gets somehow absorbified and like, you know, Master Zehinort takes over the corporal form, the bodily form of Ansem, like Ansem Seeker of Darkness, the guy we fought in Kingdom Hearts 1. And he's the one that takes over. So in Japan, what that would mean is that 
Instead of it being Chikao Otsuka, who unfortunately passed away, the voice actor would be Akio Otsuka, his son, who is the voice of Ansem Seeker of Darkness, also the voice of uh, Solid Snake in Japan. <laughs> uh, but Akio Otsuka is still available. He's still fine, and he still does a lot of voice acting. So he could be the voice actor there. And if they really wanted to, they could bring back Billy Zane. I mean, Billy Zane. If they was want a big in, uh, name voice, Billy Zane was in Zoolander two recently, and and he's in another. <laughs> I think he's in another TV show that's debuting too. So so he's, I don't he's know. Still available. I mean, nothing nothing against Richard Epcar. I I have nothing against him. I think he does an okay. I, well, not just an okay job. He does a really good job. I was saying Kingdom Hearts 2 wasn't so great, but that wasn't... I, I personally don't feel like that was his fault. I would say that's more just the voice direction of Kingdom Hearts 2 in general was a little bit iffy. I think they kind of rushed that localization. That's just my opinion. Uh, but uh, nothing against Richard Epcar. I think he does you know a really good job, and especially in more recent games, he's done even better. But it, you, you just can't compete with Billy Zane's voice. Like compare lineup voice for voice, Billy Zane versus Richard Epcar's version of Ansem. It just doesn't you you can't compare it. Like it's Billy Zane has such a deep, amazing, crazily good, well acted voice. You know, I don't know if he's Oscar award winning, but he was on an Oscar award winning movie, Titanic, so I mean, it's got to count for something. He's a really great actor, and as good as Richard Epcar is, I I really, really, really wish we could have Billy Zane back. And I think if they did something along these lines, which would make sense for Japan, if they did that, I I could not see, you know, Richard Epcar being the main villain of Kingdom Hearts three. Like I, I just I, I I'm sorry, I I just couldn't see it, you know, turning out that way. But I could see Billy Zane being the main villain because he was the main villain. Because so, I'm, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that Leonard must have, you know, spoken to, you know, them. Like I'm, I'm sure he, he must have spoken to his agent about how his condition is. Because, you know, yeah, especially when the projects that are still open, like usually they would have yeah. them covered by those. Like maybe Nimoy personally requested, you know, a specific actor to to cover for him if he's not available. You know, there there's some actors that will do voices. For example, um, Al Pacino. He's very he's famously mm-hmm. known of doing the character Scarface. When they yep. made that PlayStation Two game, um, that served as like a you know like a what if he survived the end of the Scarface movie. Mm-hmm. Pacino specifically named a specific actor to voice the role in the in the video game. Like he exactly. pretty much when you when I played the game itself, it I thought it was Pacino, but it was you know somebody who directly sounds like him at the request of Pacino himself. I mean, you never know. Uh, Nimoy must have you know said, you know, in case something happens to me, you know, I would request this person here. You know, you never know. There's there, there are people who spend years, you know, mimicking other actors, you know, for exactly. a reason like this. So, yeah, it's definitely possible. And honestly, I think the voice that Leonard Nimoy puts on for for Master Xehanort is, I think it's, like, enough of a character voice. Like, like if you listen to how ne- Leonard Nimoy talked, and you listen to how he performed Master Xehanort. It's a very different voice, and I think it's enough of a character voice that if you got the right voice actor, they could mimic it pretty well. It's, I think it's like uh, uh, he voiced uh, what was what was the, the the character's name in Transformers? 
Oh, I don't know. The Megatron? <laughs> no, the the, the the main main villain. But uh, Oh, Optimus Prime, yeah. That guy. Well, it was uh, it was it was a different kind of prime, but um Oh but well, when one you of those. um when you listen to that voice, it sounds eerily similar to a Mastic Xehanort. That's the funny yeah, part thing so about it. The voice of uh whoever does Optimus Prime, that's a good one. There's also uh, well this guy <laughs> I, I keep going back to Billy Zane. I'm sorry, Richard Epcar. I love you, and I love you in Ghost in the Shell. You do a good whatever that guy is, and I think you're also maybe in. Are you in Cowboy Bebop? I don't know. You're in Ghost in the Shell, and I like you there. So, but just to go back on that a little bit, there's a guy that uh, does. I don't know if it's the main villain, but or like a secret boss in Bravely Default. But I think the guy's name is Asterisk in Bravely Default. Uh. His voice sounds almost identical to Billy Zane. Like, it is eerily similar. Like, they could call on him to do Master Zane or whether, you know, however they try to do it. Like, his voice is the right depth. I'm sure, like, the way his voice sounded, he could do Master Zane or he could do Ansem. He could do all those guys. Like, he's so good. Like, he has, I think he's in, like, a rock band, too. So, <laughs> that helps. <laughs> but this guy... So yeah, yeah. If you if you guys want to hear a really good voice actor, or just hear a game that has really good voice acting that was released by Square Enix recently, Bravely Default, that the original. I've I haven't played Bravely Second. I haven't heard anything from Bravely Second. I'm sure it's just as good, but uh, I'm just speaking about the original Bravely Default. So, so yeah, I think that pretty much wraps that up. I'm sure you know you know just to address the main the main question. Do you think they'll get bigger names? I'm sure they will. It's it's the last game in the series. You know, it's clearly going to need a bigger budget, you know, just for the art alone. So I'm assuming, hope, well, hopefully, the voice acting will also get a similar bump as well. Alrighty, and uh, Churro, will you take this last one? This last one is by Jacob Colhane, and he writes, Will Sora receive Keyblade armor? That's a really great question. And uh, I'm, ass- I'm assuming he probably will at some point. It seems like the sort of thing that all the keyblade masters have and like if i just it's not like it's been it's been in so many like if you think about it it's been in so many kingdom hearts games at this point like it's been it was in kingdom hearts 2 it was in 358 over 2 it was in birth by sleep i don't know if it was in recoded probably not but it was in but like uh, it was first introduced in the kingdom hearts 2 final mix wasn't it uh no no because uh because uh uh zehanort when you fight the final battle, Zehanort uh, was wearing it. Yeah, but like and, they and didn't really classify normal it as like an armor, like the way you know. No, Terror they Arc didn't. But it's did it but if you after. compare it, it's the same. It's the same design. And also, also Sunset Horizons, the secret movie that was in there. So yeah, I mean, I mean, it was designed for Kingdom Hearts too, of course. But like, but wasn't it's, that it's like the same like, way? Yeah, because that was the first time we ever saw you know characters wearing armor over their their bodies you know like it yeah. doesn't the point is this this was something that namora has kicking around his head at least since 2006 i'm personally feeling like yeah probably like <laughs> through some strange way we saw sora in an organization outfit thanks to thanks to 358 over two and well no like, well, i mean we have seen <laughs> sora in a in dream draw distance when the darkness was taken over his heart Ventus's mm-hmm. armor came in prevented it from happening yeah so technically he wore it then so you know it'll 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 probably happen i'm sure it will 
Now, what what I what I'm wondering is, you know, do you think he's going to get brand new armor? Is it going to look like uh, the one that Xion wore <laughs> when I, you I fight her giant new. form? Yeah, Sora has to get something to call his own. I just hope it looks cooler than the ones that Ventus and Aqua and Terra have, because like, I mean, no offense, like, just to me, they seem too similar. And I think like, I think just, I think they're too I want, simple. I want what I want. Yeah, I think they're too simple. I think whatever Sora gets, I want it to be just a bit above what they have. Just because I think I think they look great, and they look great for Aqua Sora and or Aqua Ventus and Terra. But I want whatever Sora gets. I want it way cooler. <laughs> just because it's the one I get to play. I want it to be better than them. I think like, I think it'll be like a special final boss battle type of thing. Because you know sometimes in yeah. RPGs. They introduce like a new attack or new weapon or new something during yeah. battle that you can only use during the final battle. I think that they you know that's be, what they're gonna do. Like they're gonna like you know it'd be cool if, something like that. If the armor, like maybe it transformed and that was the new drive form, was it was all armor based? That'd be pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, I mean, as far as we know, drive forms are kind of maybe in Kingdom Hearts three. Like you saw stuff. Yeah, that was drive like, form. I'm still not convinced until listen tomorrow. Yeah, until until we is. see it again. Yeah, because yeah, even even though you did see what you saw with the dry form stuff, like but the, 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 that, those, that could have just, just been a prototype. Those are just prototype. Those are just trying to show us the different like because basically, if if you didn't put those dry forms into that footage, then you would have a hard time difficultly trying to look at the difference between you know Sora's you know uh, his Keyblade transforming. They only put it in there to show us the difference of the transforming Keyblade. The different yeah, so stages, we'll, pretty we'll much. We'll see. We'll see how they handle that. But yeah, I would say in all likelihood, given that the Keyblade armor idea is at least 10 years old, oh yeah, Sora's getting one. <laughs> like, <laughs> If not in Kingdom Hearts 3, in a game in the future. But I'm sure it's going to be Kingdom Hearts 3 because it seems like the sort of thing that Keyblade Masters get. So by extension, I'm sure Riku might get one. Maybe Kyrie and Axel and Mickey, maybe. <laughs> Could you imagine Mickey? Yeah. Oh man, that'd be pretty funny. He'll he'll have uh he'll have big ears sticking out of his. But anyway, uh, so yeah, that pretty much wraps up the show. Yay! Yay! Alrighty. So for the music for this episode, in very rare form, we have music from Kingdom Hearts: Chain of Memories. Whoa! Wow. That is yeah, real rare. For once, we don't have uh you know, dearly beloved or flipping uh sanctuary or or simple and clean we have the uh we have forgotten challenge which is the boss battle theme or not the boss battle theme but the uh battle theme from the castle oblivion level of kingdom hearts chain of memories so something very specific like i gotta say kingdom hearts chain of memories is one of those really underrated games when it comes to music because kingdom hearts chain of memories has really good music especially the original stuff and especially especially the uh lord of the castle theme that they added to uh recom which that's a really cool song so definitely enjoy this this one comes by way of rumbling rose 49 on youtube so this is a forgotten challenge uh this is a you know remastered version of that all right so our next episode of Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the 8th of March. And the next uh, Kingdom Hearts Union deep dive stream is this Saturday 
February 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. So please join us at twitch.tv slash khunion. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're going to play Monstro, and hopefully we're also going to play Agrabah. Yay. Awesome. So... I'm hoping I'm hoping it's going to be a good stream. Hopefully we can come up with something cool for that. I can't think of anything too exciting for for the 27th. Is there anything interesting happening around the 27th? I mean, leap year. We've got the leap day. Maybe we could do a, a a leap stream. Leap, I don't I don't know what that I don't know what that would entail. Lots of platforming. I don't know what to do on a leap stream. Just an extra day of the year. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a third world, leap world. We'll we'll go to we'll go to uh, Halloween Atlantica. Town. Or or Halloween Town, yeah. Probably not. No, don't don't quote me on that. I'm only I'm only promising Monstro and maybe Agraba, so we'll see. Uh so anyway, as always, you guys can subscribe to Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. Yay. Also, please, uh, on iTunes, it, go on there. When you do subscribe, go on there and leave us a review. Let us know. Rate us on iTunes. That really helps out the show. Helps us go up the ranks and beat out, uh, be, beat out PS I Love You and beat out the Giant Bomb cast and the Super Best Friend cast and all those guys. I love those guys. Just saying. <laughs> I don't, I don't think we'll ever, I don't think we're as big as them that, you know, some reviews would help, but still, let's go, let's go fight them at least. <laughs> At least try. I love I love all you guys. So don't don't don't. This is not war against the podcast. I'm just saying, get us reviews and uh, and ratings on iTunes because that helps. And also, uh, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com/slash/KHUnionVids, or Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimedia. And remember, you guys can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. And if you guys want us your questions answered on the show, send them to khuquestions at gmail.com. All right, Churro, it's that time again. It's goodbye time. I know. This is, this is episode 90, dude. We have 10 more episodes yeah. and we get 100. 10 more episodes, which by my calculations, you know, assuming nothing horrifying or weird happens... We will have our 100th episode at the end of July. I'm already trying to think of what to do. You better. <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to think. I, I haven't been thinking yet, but I am trying to think. I've begun the process. I filled out the forms required to begin me thinking about it. I'm just waiting for a response okay. from my brain. <laughs> your brain your brain's like connecting to AOL back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, I got I got dial-up signals. It it's you know it's lost in uh, the United States Postal Service. Hopefully, it makes it to the desk of my brain and and someone approves me thinking about it. Uh, we need to come up with something good for that that show. That's all I know. So hopefully, we come up with something really cool. Oh, then. we will. Don't worry. So say your goodbyes, Churro. Say uh, your goodbyes. Bye, guys. Thanks for joining us. See you on the stream. See you on the stream. Which is this Saturday, this February twenty seventh at seven PM Eastern Time, Twitch TV slash KH Union. And you know that we'll we'll tweet out everything for you guys, so don't worry if you don't we can't remember. Yes. Exactly. Which we're at we're at KH Union, by the way. So if you if, you, know, if you want to follow us on Twitter, by the way. So anyway, I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.